Hey, all right, we got a show. Welcome to the show. It's a Fist From Your Face podcast, a show I do from my house. I'm your host, Chris Blackwell. We got a website, www.fistfromyourface.com. You can subscribe there. You'll get an email whenever a new podcast or blog is posted. You could also email me right off the website or email me at fistfromyourface at gmail.com. You can like and subscribe this wherever you stream podcasts. We're pretty much everywhere. We've got a YouTube channel, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and uh, iHeartRadio. I think that one's up and running. If not, it's coming very soon. You can like and follow us on social media as well. At Fist From Face is the tag on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, now that that's out of the way, uh, I'm really excited about today's episode. This dude I've known for no shit 27 years. I just turned 37 last week, so we were 10 when we met. And that would have been fifth grade in the early 90s. And here we are in 2020, still having a friendship, still hanging out, and we get along as well as we ever have. This dude has been a stand-up comedian in Chicago and other areas of the country since he was 12 years old. Um, but we talked about so much other stuff, we didn't even get to his comedy shit yet. Uh, he's going to have to come back and do more episodes. But man, we talked about video games. He plays a lot of games damn near professionally. We talked about documentaries we've seen, corrupt businessmen like Bernie Madoff and shit. And he told a bunch of stories of his family business managing properties on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy this. Like I said, this guy's a dear friend and pretty much a brother to me for the last 27 years. Please welcome to the show, Darius Kennedy. Streaming video game shit. Yeah. And there's dude, a- people make a shit ton of money doing that. Yeah. Um, too much money, dude. Um, but they do like fucking eight, nine hour streams. So like, uh, yeah, dude, some, some guys will be like, they stream, they have like a schedule. So their audience always knows between whatever time and whatever time they'll be streaming. So that's how they get like a lot of live stream clicks instead of just like doing it sporadically. Uh huh. Because you slowly build up a, a following if, you know, if if you're good and entertaining. But, like, I'm not good at a lot of, like, really good at a lot of games, so I was mm-hmm. just going to be a bad streamer. So <laughs> You could get a whole following just for, for that. Like, I'm not that good, but watch me not be good at video games. Yeah, just let people make fun of you in the comments or something. Yeah, for real. I'm like, yeah, I know I suck, man. I know. You don't have to make fun of me or call me an F word like you do when you usually – Talk well, to people in the, the video. fucking Super Bowl is tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw something in the news like, what, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. It said the League of Legends tournament got yeah. more views than the last Super Bowl did. That's like streaming. This is like all cumulative streaming views and everything. Like numbers added up to more than that. I was like, what? This is a new age. Yeah. Doing. Yeah, dude. Fucked up. And <clears throat> just it's 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 a craze and it's not going to die. You know, um, uh, the NBA has a digital, uh, like fucking NBA 2K has a league. So like they actually like NBA teams have like an extension to their roster of just digital gamers that they literally draft 
And it's not like you're LeBron James. You're no. Darius you, Kennedy. Yeah, I'm and fucking. You have your own stats. You have all your. Own yep, shit. I I, I huh. have. I literally represent the Magic or Denver. I think there's maybe like six teams uh, that I <clears throat> know of and I've seen, but like they literally have like you know Ninja would be Fortnite. If Fortnite was a basketball team, he'd be like the main player okay like they straight up have a roster of fucking video gamers that are just like they play for <laughs> the magic or they play for the nuggets and they're yeah. like there's like maybe like five dudes per team right but they're just like the the highest ranked nba uh 2k or 2k 20 gamers and they sign fucking contracts what the fuck? and they make do they make like 70 80k a year to wear a jersey to play a video game online. It's crazy. Wow. So they sign a contract with who? Uh, I think it's through EA Sports. Okay. I think so they have a league. Yeah. EA sponsors the, the league, like uh-huh. the NBA sponsors <clears throat> basketball for, you know, the Magic or whatever. It would be like EA's NBA 2K League, you know, and then like the the – the tournament would be like whatever teams have those uh esports uh fucking rosters and shit. That's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. So these guys do this for a living. Yeah. I think um I don't know if Madden has the same thing, but mm-hmm. Madden has like a yearly tournament like Snoop Dogg's been in it. Uh he's huh. like I think he won it maybe like two years in a row. <laughs> he would win something. Dude, like that, right? he is fucking <laughs> his son plays like professional yeah his uh corday was one of the dudes he was supposed to go to ucla Mm -hmm. and then uh i don't know if i don't know if he got drafted by in the nfl but he definitely played for like ucla or yeah i read that he committed to a school or something and i don't know what happened after that yeah um but uh yeah snoop dog is really good i follow him on instagram and he'll like he'll fucking (laughs) record the score after playing somebody uh-huh. with their gamer tag and everything. And then like his gamer tag. And then the score will be like 60 to nothing or Damn. like fucking 60 to three. Like and that's all on Madden. Yeah. He plays, I think on Xbox, you know, I'm playing PlayStation. Okay. But yeah, dude, he's like one of wow. the top gamers and shit. Like really one of the top gamers. Um, there's um, a kicker. He used to kick for uh, the, I, th- I don't know if it's Justin Tucker or no, I think it is Justin Tucker. <clears throat> no, it's not my bad. It's um, he used to kick for the Minnesota Vikings. I can't remember his name. Okay. But I think he was a, um, uh, I think either league of legends or like, uh, one of the MMORPG gamers. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but he was, I think, EverQuest or some shit like that. Okay, I've heard of that one. Yeah, that was <clears throat> one of the first MMORPGs, multi, uh, what is it, fucking, I can't remember. Role play game or something? Yeah, multi-media, multi. online role play game. Okay. Man. Um, but yeah, he was big into that shit, <clears throat> and he was so big into that shit, I think they gave him like a limited edition character. Um so, like, if you got the game between this period and this period, you got uh, his character. You download him or whatever. Yeah, man. A lot of people are into that shit, you know, and it's... Well, wait. Going back to the basketball one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, say I start off doing that. How do I, like, 
build a player? I mean, what do you just like start off with a dude and like max out all his abilities, or do you have to like work yeah. out? Yeah. Like you, okay. Yeah. So, so you gotta like earn skills. Yeah, you have to build your character. Yeah. So um, there's like two ways you can go. You can go like regular default NBA rosters where you have a ranking for like uh, just like regular online play. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Or you could take the route where you build your own character. You could put, you know, like different uniforms on them, shoes, hmm. uh, through like the NBA 2K story mode, you get sponsors. So you get sponsors. Dude. Yeah, dude. Like it's, it's like fucking real. deep, dude. What? Um, I played 2K19 um, and kind of got into it uh, and played online and like build my character up. I think I was like a 90 like 90 or 91 okay uh overall but like you have to you have to play other like three on three or five on five other created players Mm -hmm. you get stat points you build your stats with the points you get from the wins or like your bonuses from the endorsements you have and you just keep building your player where you want to be a three-point shooter or like a dunker or just defense or like a, a assisting point guard you uh, uh, personalize your character that way and so <clears throat> you get guys that you get noticed when you get up in the 90s so if you're like a 98 or a 99 you're a top level mm-hmm. you actually get record or you get recognized on the game once you hit like 99 like hmm. they'll like you'll log in and it'll say like congratulations to whatever your screen uh your your gamer tag is for reaching level 99 like and they'll Damn. give like a quick bio like, really? It's fucking deep, man. It is deep. I want to see that. I haven't played a video game, honestly, in a very long time. Yeah. And I'm missing out on some crazy shit, it sounds mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. So th- do they have, like, multiple leagues, like, lower-level mm-hmm. leagues and people um, in the 80s leagues? Yeah, like, like it's it's all open. So okay. once you get to a certain level uh, of uh, overall rating for your character, you can go out into the playground and you can join like a like a team that like is like a traveling team and you play like that's your five on five team and like mm-hmm. you guys all get on at the same time. You have a responsibility for to real. get there. <laughs> for real. I can show up for practice. <laughs> wow. And so you can do it that way and then like you you know, obviously you rank up faster if you're a low level and you're playing against higher level people, you okay. get more XP points, yada yada yada. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's nuts. So they all the sports do that. The the FIFA game, NBA. Yeah, Madden. they all have uh yearly tournaments. Um huh. and a lot of these guys are like they're set up on they either have a platform on like twitch or xbox has their own uh streaming platform i forgot the name of it um i've heard of twitch before yeah but twitch was like the first like video game streaming network that was catered to like video gamers but like other people use it Mm -hmm. for you know your platform if you're like a social activist or whatever you can have a twitch channel it's just like Hmm. youtube but a little more accessible and easier to use. Really? Um, I watch a shitload of YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's where I heard about Twitch. Mm-hmm. I guess I thought Twitch was just kind of like a video game hub sort of thing. I didn't realize it was a platform for like all kinds of shit like mm-hmm. that. So it's like another YouTube type thing. Yeah. Um, <clears> videos, you know, a, a newer, more, you know, hip 
Just like TikTok okay. right now is like the new Instagram or the new like Vine. I've been hearing about that one too. Yeah, Vine, like the mini videos. Yeah, that's what TikTok is. Uh, they're longer videos. I can't get into it. It's too fucking. It's like, it's like being inside John Malkovich's brain. You know, like that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just like <laughs> shit that you don't. Shit even, you don't want to see. Yeah, some of it's just like why you know. Yeah. Um, and who has enough time to sit down and fucking make and edit videos about like your dog licking its butthole or <laughs> it is somebody's doing it right for now, real, man, <laughs> like lick it again, lick it again. They got their phone up. Wow. Trying to record dogs. Are shit. they live stream or they're just pre-recorded? No, they're just edited? pre-videos. Um, I, I don't know if you can do live from TikTok or not. I haven't really fucked with it too much. Didn't they warn that TikTok was being like spied on by china or something yeah some they, shit about TikTok. when it first came out yeah <laughs> yeah yeah man uh it got hacked i guess oh and it was hacked okay yeah i mean all that shit it's it, all someone wanted sh- to hack the dog licking its butthole video <laughs> yeah and use like, that against the <laughs> we America. need this footage what the hell um i don't understand the world anymore no Eric, it's weird man that's why i spend all of pretty much my time either performing mm-hmm. hanging out cooking uh at home or playing video games where i can control my interaction and my stimulating uh my stimulations smart um <clears throat> and i More just people need to do that i think yeah i mean you you have a home you pay rent you pay bills like fucking live in it you know enjoy your shit right. you worked as hard as you did to get there, fucking enjoy it. You don't have to be out in the streets and try to look cool all the fucking time, man. I agree with that, man. I couldn't look cool if I fucking tried anything. <laughs> you look cool right now, yeah. man. my beer. <laughs> you got a beer? You got a fucking studio? I guess. I don't know. I got to talk to the accountant here next month, see if I can write this shit off my taxes. Yeah. Uh, like, this is like a business, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll dude. See. I would fucking, yeah. I forgot about tax season. It's coming up, man. I just got a bunch of tax forms in the mail. I'm like, shit. All the 88 jobs that I had last year is going to be fun filing all of them. Oh, man. Yeah, you got 1099s, W-2s coming from everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's all right, man. It's better than having none. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to be like, all right, thanks, Mr. Kennedy, for all the the money that you paid us. Here's nothing back. (laughs) That's a zero-sum game. Yeah, welcome to America. Can take everything at the end of the day. Yeah, man. Can't take it with you. Man, fuck it. I don't okay. need a lot of money anyway. I need enough. No. I just want to set my bills on auto pay and not really worry about it. And then everything else is just the gravy. Yeah, that uh, when I had my interview on Friday, or uh, yeah, Friday, um, I was telling, like, you know how they ask you questions. You know, where do you, where do you see yourself? Right. Two to five years. I was like, well, by the end of this year, I, I just want to be able to go to a restaurant and not care about how much things are. I just for yeah. once. And then he's like, OK, all right. Uh, chill out. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> relax. You want a sandwich? With <laughs> yeah, right. You want a hand? You need a hug or a cookie? <laughs> yes. That's a really good goal, though. I mean, yeah, because that, that's the kind of lifestyle that you don't have to fucking worry about shit as much. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, life is stressful as it is, That's man. Right. It is. Money like, doesn't buy happiness, though. Definitely doesn't. Um, you know, like Everyone Puff Daddy does. said, fucking more money, more problems. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, I think a lot of people's problem is just wanting too much, you know? Greed is a fucking problem. 
Yeah. Huge and I problem. think living in America, it's almost like frowned upon if you aren't greedy. That's no. been forever in this country, though. Like <laughs> yeah. the fucking Wall Street movie. Well, didn't he say that? Yeah, in there? Like, greed dude. is good. Yeah, dude. Like yeah. I get it, business and stocks and stuff. But yeah, it's it's the sickness, is what it is. Like yeah. at the end of the day, like how much do you fucking need? Yeah, three yachts. Yeah, know? dude. And like, like you know, like Puff Daddy said, you got three yachts. Now you have to take care of three yachts. You have yeah. three yacht crews. You have three docking bills. Like. Exactly. It's fucking ridiculous, That's man. The truth. I, you know, I, I, I think that uh, a lot of people um, don't come from a good sound background where it's not implemented in your early development that you don't have to have all that shit. Like, right. You know, like it's cool to have what you have and like want to do things or maybe you want a, a car that you've always liked and sure. then you, yeah, you know, you buy it and then you're like, all right, I got that car and I'm just going to take care of it now. You know? Yeah. I mean, look, material things. I mean, it's not the be all end all of like mm-hmm. civilization, but I mean, if you earn it and you work for something, yeah, then, yeah treat yourself, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, I, don't know. I was watching, um, this documentary called where's my Roy Cohn mm-hmm. it's on uh, Apple TV and okay. then I think like I think it's on Amazon or some shit like that but it's a documentary about this guy who was an attorney and he was the lawyer for um, Joseph McCarthy during the Red Scare thing right. in the 50s okay um, or the 40s um, yeah. and he Roy Cohn was like he he started um that was his first case like his first major case um but he came from wealth like mm-hmm. um and one of the funniest things about the documentary that I thought he was, was a total fucking, communist he, he he wasn't a he didn't care he was a right. he was a capitalist at its fucking core dude okay. like he wanted he didn't give a fuck about anyone else mm-hmm. all he cared about was money and like status and power like that was it he was a true capitalist um <clears throat> you know because when you boil down to it that's what capitalism is fucking i want to be more powerful than you i want to have more than you i don't give a fuck about anybody else I, that is what i want that's what i'm working for there is some truth to that for sure um but uh he he was uh he owed a lot of money uh, to the government, he owed millions of, of dollars in, in taxes that he didn't pay. Okay. But he never had anything in his name. Like, he didn't, on paper, own anything. Right. He didn't own his condo that his law office was in. No uh, assets on paper. So he had some nothing. cash stash, supposedly. He uh, owed money, but... Dude, he had... He had well, how did money. he make his money? Just be being a lawyer? He made his money by... Being an attorney, okay, that opened up avenues for him to help out people of power and status, mm-hmm. which obviously comes with kickbacks. Sure, Some, like senators that are going after, yeah, communists. or lobbyists. Yeah, um, but what he did was the Joseph McCarthy thing put him on the map. He later defended, um, he defended uh, Henry Ford's like great. Uh, nephew mm-hmm. he because he was suing Ford because I guess he was shat out of like a, a contract or something okay he sued Ford yeah and one guy was trying to sue 
forward. I don't know if he won the case or not, huh. but uh, so that was another case he picked up, and then he defended uh, fucking mob bosses across the okay. board. He was Dude. that guy too. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. So he was that guy. Um, and then he also, so like segueing into the 60s, he ended up, uh, uh, you know, he was in, in, embedded in, in politics. Uh, 60 to 70, he did the Ford thing, I think it's 70s. <clears throat> and then towards the end of the 70s, he got into politics. He hooked up with your boy, Roger Stone. No shit. Um, Roger Stone, if you did not know this, Roger Stone and Paul Manafort were were buddy buddies in the 60s. They actually helped Nixon right. get elected. I knew they went back with Nixon. I never heard of this Roy Cohn guy, though. Yeah. So he was in the mix back in those days. Yeah, he was okay. an attorney. Like People would go to him for hookups. Is he still alive? This no, he, he oh, passed okay. away. He actually died of AIDS. Oh, no shit. He was closeted. Okay. And so they suspected uh, during the the uh, uh, after the Red Scare, so after the uh, McCarthy hearings, there was um, the, the United States versus, uh, or no, the United States Army versus uh, uh, Joseph uh, McCarthy, mm -hmm. which was a separate trial because Roy Cohn uh, had a crush on this guy. And his name was G, like, G Edward Shine or some shit. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, McCarthy's assistant. So Roy Cohn <clears throat> had a crush on McCarthy's assistant. Uh, McCarthy and Roy Cohn tried to basically, during the draft, they tried to make it uh, illegal for the United States Army to draft this guy because they just didn't want him to get drafted. Right. They needed him there. <laughs> yeah. Roy Cohn's in love with him. <laughs> yeah. McCarthy is like, guy. yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm down with this. So they went what? up against the United States Army and they had this whole like trial that was like one of the first televised like trials. So this was their saying. How did that I never hear about this? Because no one wants you to hear about it. No because, one cared. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to watch this shit. Um, so they had this trial, which uh, people were saying, like, this was the first reality TV show. Oh. Um, like before, it, like, OJ trials yeah. and stuff were televised. Before, this yeah. like way back. And also, my bad, I forgot to mention, he also prosecuted um, uh, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. Who were executed for spying. For spying. Russia, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so he prosecuted them, he yeah. defended others, yeah. and he sued the U.S. Army. Yeah, he tried to sue the U.S. Army because he, he didn't want place. his crush to go Shit. get drafted. Um, Did he pull it off? No, he got drafted. Okay. No. They, yeah, I mean, they were like, shut him. the fuck up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're all going to Vietnam. Fuck yeah. you. He's <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Get the fuck out of here. Wow. We're the government. You're one dude. <laughs> we have um, no case. And so they actually tried to make fun of him during the trial, like while it was being oh. televised. Like they called him a fairy. They were oh, like, okay. dude, they, they went there back in those days. Oh yeah, dude. Public shame. Of oh that. my god. Yeah. So they got all on his case and said a bunch of shit about him. But fast forward a couple of years to uh, Roy Cohn meeting uh, Roger Stone and Paul Manafort. So they started hanging out, and Roger Stone was a big fan of his because he, you know, like just the attitude of. 
I don't fucking care fucking about anything. Sue the army. Yeah, fuck I'll it. do whatever the fuck I want to do. My <laughs> right. boyfriend's going to war. Fuck yeah. that shit. He's staying here. Seems like a Roger Stone type attitude. For real, man. Yeah. Um, what little I know about him. But uh, Roger Stone uh, just, you know, admired him, you know, and, and picked up pointers. And then, you know, fast forward maybe a couple years after that, um, Donald Trump comes around. And uh, Donald Trump is a young real estate developer who took a liking to Roy Cohn because of his style and, mm-hmm. you know, what he did. And next thing Badass you know, lawyer. yeah, he's like, oh, I fucking love this guy. I want to hang out with him. And mm-hmm. they both liked each other. I mean, Roy Cohn thought that he was like uh, uh, his protege. Hmm. And so a lot of how Trump is is because Roy Cohn told him you know, what to do and how to handle his Like his ass. tactics with oh, business yeah. Hell yeah, ruthless dude. shit. Yeah, just don't fucking care. Lie, lie, lie. Deny everything. Yeah, bully everybody. For real, dude. Um, For real. Um, And that was one of his tactics. He was mm-hmm. just like, deny everything um, and deflect, 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 and mm-hmm. deny, deny, deny. And so he kind of taught Trump th- those angles, and then, you know, uh, wow. Trump is the way that he is now, but... Um, what stopped the whole interaction between Trump and Roy Cohn was Roy Cohn used to hang out at Studio 54. Um, he well, so did Trump, didn't he? Well, Back I mean, in the day? yeah, like, like everybody the used spot yeah. for New York. Uh, you know, he used to go and uh, Roy Cohn would all you know, like he was very flamboyant and he would always need to have the most expensive everything, yeah. or the, the best table, you know, the best. Hanging out Food. with Andy Warhol and shit. Yeah, you know. And- he would, you know, Roy Cohn would, like, go to events with, like, a bunch of women. But, like, everyone that would be in his entourage would be like, Roy's not even talking to those chicks. Like, yeah. he doesn't even think they exist, you know. It was all for just a show. For show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, when Roy Cohn started to get sick, um, he actually was so cool with the Reagans that... Uh, uh, Nancy Reagan got him or Nancy Reagan and uh, 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 Ronald Reagan first thanked him for getting him elected. Really? Like, so well, he was part of that campaign too. Yeah. Nixon, basically the Republicans. Yeah. More or less, yeah. Whoever or had the, the money. 60s, yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. Because his family, they were all Democrats. Like oh. Roy Cohn came from money in New York. Like his, his uncle was the, his one of his uncles was the guy who ran and owned Lionel Trains. Oh, the toy train company. Yeah, and oh, Roy Cohn actually. So that's where his money came from. Yeah, dude, okay. his money came from. He was old school New York money. Hmm. Um, and the way that uh, this this cracks me up, and I know I should laugh about it, but it's funny as fuck. Uh, the reason why he was even born, he was an only child. Um, to uh, his his dad was a judge. He was an attorney, and his dad was a judge. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad was propositioned into marrying his Roy Cohn's mom because Roy Cohn's mom came from this like upper class Jewish uh, family in New York, but she was fucking ugly as shit. <laughs> she was <laughs> dirt ugly, okay, to the point to where objectively <laughs> ugly. She. And this is what they're saying during the documentary. They're like, oh, Dora Cohen? Oh, she was ugly. Like, they were saying that she was so repulsive that 
they they basically got her to get married because uh, his family, uh, the Cone family was, or not Cone family, her family was so rich and prominent that they were like, hey, if you want to be a judge, you got to marry my ugly daughter. Um, and he's yeah. like, okay. It's my chance. Yeah. So <laughs> fucking just cheat on her until she dies. <laughs> and so, wow. yeah, that's how he came along. And he was the only child. Um, he was extremely intelligent. He graduated Harvard, I think, at the age of 18. Damn. Yeah, so he was... Just a genius yeah, he prodigy was, lawyer. Um. But, um, you know, fast forward to the, the late 70s, early 80s, um, he ends up getting sick and he's telling everybody that it's like liver cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it was, it was AIDS. And he didn't, you know, he denied it. Um, he had a he had a facelift and he had like the scars from getting a facelift on his face. And somebody mm-hmm. asked him if he ever got a facelift and he said no. Yeah, um, <laughs> Trump lies about that same yeah, kind of shit. To, so to your face, if you saying. fucking you got a, a fucking doctor cutting your face off right now, I was like, no, I've never, I've never yeah. had surgery. Everything but your eyelids are orange. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, but you know, <laughs> I was just born how like I was this. born. <laughs> yeah. uh, instead of jaundice, I look, you know, citrus. Roy Cohn taught me all these lies. <laughs> Wait, that's crazy. Yeah. So when he got when he got sick with AIDS, and he started to show. Uh, Donald Trump shat on him, dude, and no. never spoke to him ever again. He fucking cut ties with him. He really? totally just fucking ignored him. Um, you know, because during the eighties, you know, that was the the other that was the the that decade's red scare. You know, like yeah. you know, they were afraid of gay people. They were afraid of everything, and so like you didn't want to associate with them. It was oh, so it came out that he had AIDS, and that's when well, it came Trump- out, but he never. Admit it to it. I, I see. Yeah, yeah but everybody just knew. You I know, see. Because Trump of distanced his, himself at that point. Mm-hmm. Because mm. of his lifestyle, Roy Cohn, um, his partner even said he used to have sex every day, and he didn't have sex with with men that took care of themselves. And mm. he also like went to Studio Fifty Four, fucked around there, and like yeah, it was like pretty much an orgy in that place, from what I understand. Yeah, I, yeah, I've seen the movie, <laughs> and then I've seen yeah. a lot of documentaries about it, and like yeah, I just saw one about say, the owners and shit. Yeah. But yeah. Just crazy shit going on in there. Yeah. They bring like fucking ponies in there, like have insane parties. Yeah. And just, a, you know, a mound you of blow. Yeah. That movie is actually really good. I forgot fucking uh, Mike Myers is in that movie and he's fucking, he's the, he's one of the club owners. Um, really? I, yeah. He's I need the, to see that again. He's the, the, the dark haired Jewish club owner, dude. Yeah. Uh, but that's Mike Myers. Oh man. man, I gotta check that out again. Yeah, I fucking forgot about that. There's a scene <laughs> in that movie where he like literally goes upstairs and then he like, uh, he's got like a mound of coke on this table right. and he just shoves his face into yeah. it. Yeah, and he comes Scarface back, uh, style. Yeah, yeah, for he's like, oh, I'm ready to party now, <laughs> and he goes, it's fucking crazy, man. Um, I asked my parents recently. I'm like, was there cocaine everywhere in the '80s? Just be honest, you know. I don't know. Not my parents. They're like, no. But you know, I think they were a little older. Yeah. Than to, you know, being that scene. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to know. I'm like, you hear all these stories about like the '80s, just mm-hmm. mountains of cocaine. Yeah, no one thought was it was that on? bad for you. Cocaine cowboy shit. I never saw that one. <laughs> that, that movie crazy? is fucking. Yeah, I heard that was insane. It is. It is amazing how much cocaine was moving through. Miami in the 70s and yeah. like they would pay off everybody dude the fucking yeah. 
the sheriffs, the the fucking airports, the fucking boat launch people, like <clears throat> everybody was getting money, and they were moving. Like the guy said, they were making fucking like five million dollars a day or some shit like that. At least fucking crazy. Like per plane load or something, it was like five ten million. It's fucking crazy. Well, like the movie Blow with Johnny Depp, that was pretty, I think, accurate as far as you know that George Young guy mm-hmm. tied in with that shit. That one dude owned his own island in the Bahamas. Remember? Yeah, fucking. Um, That's where they tried to have the fire Diego. festival. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that island where they yeah, fucking jaw right. ruled. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was a crazy documentary. It was called like Martin's K or something like that. No, Norman K. Norman, Norman K. K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember Johnny Depp? Who the fuck is Norman K? <laughs> yeah. That's the name of the island. Yeah. Oh, okay. Diego, he fucking Diego. shows up. Diego's all fucked Just up off of He's like, I'll tell you what, George. <laughs> you tried to fuck me. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you. Fuck you. And he fucking gets him shot and shit. That's right. Yeah, Put the gun in his mouth. Yeah, dude. That shit was crazy. It's intense. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, like, these George Young guys. I mean, they played that movie like his daughter never came to see him again and blah, blah, blah. But other than that, like, was it worth it? Like, you live a lifestyle of insane wealth and, you know, extravagance, and you got to do some time in prison. But, like, I don't know. That's Fucking, a good question. Or what's that dude, Bernie Madoff? Oh, my you God. You know what I mean? Fifty billion dollars. He Nobody killed himself, shit. right? His son did. Oh yeah, everybody died around him. I thought I he. So. I thought Bernie killed himself. No, but no, he's um, still locked up. His son, yeah, his son killed himself. One of his sons died of cancer. That's right. And then his 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 wife died of fucking cancer too. Oh, she did. I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, that is fucking crazy to me. There was a great movie they made for like HBO with. Robert De Niro was Bernie Madoff. Yeah, Mel- I saw did you it. see that? Oh, Wizard man. of Oz or something like that. Oh Wizard man, dude, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, dude. I mean, the son hung himself like on the anniversary of his conviction. And, yeah, dude. And he didn't seem to fucking give a shit. Oh, he's a sociopath. Oh my god, creepy. Man. I was. I guess you couldn't even <clears> ask him <throat> if it was worth it because he has no emotion. He doesn't have any. Con- you know what I mean? You have to be deranged or mm-hmm. committed to. Not giving a fuck about life or not being like fucking tied down to emotions of life yeah, in order to take that much amount of money from people for that long and then see your whole family just fucking disintegrate. And not only that, people that lost money through his shady deals committed suicide because they thought they were billionaires and then lost everything and fucking that's insane. Yeah, dude, you oh, that man. dude deserves to be locked up forever. Yeah, I was pretty upset when when I found out. I mean, like not like I gave him 50 bucks or anything cuz I I couldn't invest shit in his Ponzi scheme. <laughs> hedge fund. I'd be like, "Hey, uh, Where you have to be a accredited investor to begin with." Yeah, dude. Um Yeah, man. Uh I was upset because I was like, "Man, there's so many people that don't have shit and not only that he take money from people that did have shit, but mm-hmm. like you could have, if you wanted to be a Robin Hood, you could have like, all right, yeah, I took all this money from all these people, but I built like fucking homes for homeless people, right? Or like, you know, like nobody ever does that shit. Like, there was a guy. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a story. There was a guy. Nobody talks about him much, but he was like the second largest fraud to Bernie Madoff. His name's Tom Petters. Hmm. He was from Minneapolis. I actually worked on his airplane one time. It was in Milwaukee. Hmm. 
And uh, it was a 727 outfitted as a private jet. So, you know, like a commercial airliner-sized plane. And uh, he was doing the same thing with his Bernie Madoff. He wasn't like a Wall Street guy, but he would – he, like, bought up some companies, and he would fake invoices, and it was, like, total fraud. He was – they did a show called American Greed. They did an episode about him. Hmm. And it was called Generous with Other People's Money. Hmm. Because he would do that. He would, like, have charities, and he had, like, a son that died in an accident, so he would, like, give all this money to different causes, but he stole all of it. And it was, like, $50 billion. Wow. So he's in Leavenworth Prison to this day. Yeah, nobody wants to be like, oh, this guy's a hero. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know a guy who used to fly him around, and uh, he used to just, you know, $1,000 tips to the pilots and shit, cash. Shit, dude. But he stole all that money. We got to break him out of jail, man. (laughs) (laughs) Get him another plane. Back on the scene. (laughs) (laughs) He was not that bad of a guy. (laughs) For real, man. I don't know. That's fucking nuts, man. I don't know if they're going to do a movie about him, but. That would be a really good movie. There's so many of these fucking Gordon Gecko people. Yeah, well, I mean, we need a Roy Cohn to go after him. I, that would have been um, what's that guy? Uh, Michael fucking um, the guy, uh, the guy who was the the uh, attorney for Stormy Daniels. Isn't he locked up now? Yeah, Avenatti. Dude. <laughs> yeah, Is that his Avenatti, name? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> what was his man? deal? I kind of stopped listening to all that shit. After it a while. started with. He threat. Well, I mean, first off, if you're gonna try to sue the president of the United States, you gotta know <laughs> that they're gonna fucking be on your ass. Dude. Yeah, you he, think? You know what I mean? Like you <laughs> can't, you can't fart in a fucking non-farting area. Like you right. gotta fucking go home and fart, get in your car and fart. But what does he do? He like tries to extort people. He tried to extort Nike. Nike. Um, That's right. Because of some deal that they were doing with someone and he like had some emails and some letters and it was trying to extort them out of like 40 million dollars or some shit and of course Nike's like well man fuck you bro and then they they took it public and of then course. he also oh man he had like a couple of of like three infractions on him I think I think that was one of them another one was he tried to uh he didn't pay some taxes on some shit right which is always what they try to get you with like not paying your taxes when nobody ever got super rich by paying a lot of taxes no and that's why people that are super rich don't pay taxes (laughs) (laughs) it's so true that's right man fucking jeff bezos could pay all of everyone tax everyone's taxes and not even notice yeah he made like 13 billion the other day when his stock jumped you know 10 percent. man come on dude's got so much money why you know like it is crazy some of those guys signed that giving pledge though have you heard of that? Hmm. I think Jeff Bezos might have been one of them, but I think Bill Gates and some other guys, Warren Buffett, I'm pretty sure. You gotta have to look into that. But um, it's like a thing where when they die, all their money gets donated to charity, or at least half. There's like some kind of deal, and they sign it, so it's like they're not just gonna, you know, give it to their kid or whatever. Yeah, I know that that is. I think um, <clears throat> the dude who owns Oracle. Uh, oh, Ellison. Yeah. Yeah. I think he signed one because I, I think I saw a documentary about one of his daughters getting mad or some shit because she wasn't getting money from him oh or something God. like that. And also, I'm only going to get $5 billion? Yeah. He won't give me all that fucking millions of dollars. I don't know what his problem is. Yeah. 
Um, and then also, I know Warren Buffett has signed that because I think I saw a documentary about his son and one about his son's daughter, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like strung out on drugs or something like that. And really? they just did not fuck it. They ignored her. Dude. Nothing. Like, she her. didn't exist. So she was Damn. like doing drugs with random ass people were like, you know who my grandfather is? Like Warren Buffett and they're like man shut up and she's broke as fuck <laughs> yeah, right. shut up and hand me that crack pipe you wow. fucking parking on the grass well I didn't know that yeah man so the dark side of the you know <clears throat> there's always a dark side yeah you know like I think that people that make that much uh, money like uh, they once they get to that level they're like I'm not giving fucking shit to my shitty ass fucking niece or my dumb ass grandson like he fucking mm-hmm. plays Minecraft all the time and well like the Pritzker family we have Governor Pritzker now here in Illinois yeah and he's a billionaire and all his oh, siblings are yeah. billionaires yeah, like, that whole family it's like the Hyatt Hotel fortune dude they all were suing each other a few years ago for a piece of the family fortune you know it's just yeah dude it gets crazy Pritzker Pavilion yeah, half of downtown's named after that. For family. real, dude. They have put a lot of money in. They've Illinois. done some great things, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just you know you get into the family dynamics sometimes. It's like fuck. Yeah, man. Just like and also the the owners of the Cubs, man. Um, mm-hmm. The Ricketts family. Um, uh, Tom Ricketts' dad. I forgot his name. Um, but he was uh, the the originator or the the dude who owned and operated TD Ameritrade. That right. was his fucking company right. that he ran with Tom Ricketts. He still runs it, doesn't he? I think he retired, yeah. and he's on the board now, which basically oh, yeah. means, like, I still run this shit, but I don't have to work here anymore. Honorary chairman or whatever. Yeah, of yeah. course. Right. Um, and then, like, Todd, who is also uh, in, in Trump's camp, <clears throat> he has mm. something to do with it, too. Was he the guy? He's, like, governor of Nebraska or somebody who was – like in politics in Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, because they are from Nebraska. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the brothers is Todd. Is he works for the um, the Cubs and he's like the CFO, but he also is like a he has some dealings with the Trump camp. Like he's part of their their shit. But then they also mm-hmm. have a sister who's a you know a staunch liberal and she's also a lesbian and she totally disagrees with like everybody in her family. Yeah. And she's part of the, the, the Cubs board too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, that, I mean, that's just the dynamic. I mean, same with the, the Kennedy family. I, I think they're probably one of the only families that were uh Democrat from day one. And like, that's it. There's no one in that's that. That's fa- true. When you mention it, other than Arnold Schwarzenegger, be, because he oh, yeah. married into the family and he ran for, uh, as a Republican for the governor of California. That's right. Um, but, Shriver, right? Yeah. Which was, she was like a Kennedy cousin or something? Yeah, so, um, no, she, she her mom is, <clears throat> was JFK's sister, and her mom married uh, Sergeant Shriver. Oh, okay. Who was, I think he started the Salvation Army or some shit. Hmm. And he was, shit, I didn't know that. yeah, so... Uh, that's why her name is Shriver because of uh, him. But she's directly, uh, she's one of the straight up Kennedys. Yeah, uh-huh. and yeah, I don't begrudge any you know anybody's success. You know when they built something good and give mm-hmm. back to the community. I mean, I see it firsthand with my nine to five job, so to speak. You know, a lot of really good people out there. But yeah, yeah it's, you hear these stories about 
yeah, Bernie Madoff and stuff who just steal everything. It's just disheartening. So yeah, man. A lot I, of people get hurt. I think a lot and, and of Ron and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, dude. My dad, you know, my stepdad, Clarence, he worked for Enron. Really? Yeah, dude. Did he get fucked over on that? He left before any of that shit went down. Thank God, um, man. He, but he, he fucking used to tell my mom's dude. Oh my God, he had through or. As when I was young, there were three stories that I remember, uh, not to a T, but <clears throat> um, definitely uh, remember hearing my parents talk about. One was when um, uh, uh, there was a judge uh, in Chicago. His name, his last name was Epstein. I forgot his first name, but his wife. Uh, was crushed by a uh, like an automatic like steel gate of all things. and this was like in the early or mid 90s okay um, in Chicago yep okay <clears throat> and he basically like after that happened he went like a fucking like a banshee on getting like different like fence coding like security measures hmm. for like fences so I guess like for those automatic, um, you know, for like big ass fucking rich people houses where they have like the yeah. fucking folding or whatever, like, you know, the motion detector shit, I guess now is like mandatory or okay. whatever. Oh, you the know. safety sensors on yeah. your garage door. So it doesn't yeah, fall so on you. you. Yeah. Oh, all okay. that type of shit. So this guy <clears throat> pushed that through. Yeah. Because his wife was crushed. Mm -hmm. And then also another story I remember, uh, cause Clarence was in, um, chemical engineering field he used to work for a company called btu contracts uh and that was owned by a, a, a parent company by the name of mittler gases out of mishawaka indiana hmm. and um <clears throat> clarence used to sell uh certain products to ada mm -hmm. or adm archer archer daniels midland okay during that time when that one dude from uh, what's his name mark uh fucking i forgot his name but it was the one Archie. dude who that uh matt damon movie was based off of the imposter or whatever i'm googling it <laughs> uh but yeah he like when this was going down uh, i fucking forgot his name uh but he <laughs> Mark Whitaker? Yeah, Whitaker, yeah. Okay. Um Clarence was telling my mom about that shit as it was happening um back in the day. Really? And then he went to jail. Wait, so what all happened? This dude he <clears throat> he uh conned <laughs> he fucking it's a funny story. Decatur, oh, Illinois based yeah. bioproducts division at ADM. Yeah. He became the highest level corporate executive in U.S. history to become an FBI whistleblower. Yeah. For three years, he acted as a cooperating witness for the FBI, which was investigating ADM for price fixing. Yeah. I kind of seem to remember this from yeah. the 90s. Yeah. He was sentenced to nine years in federal prison for embezzling nine and a half million from ADM at the same time he was assisting the investigation so he's playing both sides of the fence this <laughs> yeah. whole time dude. Yeah. he's stealing money you and like, riding on everyone else oh my god so he and you're like, wait and clarence knew this dude or what clarence knew what was i mean because it was when you're when you're dealing with chemicals on 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 the 
in the most uh, uh, purest form, base level of chemicals. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with starches. You're dealing with because ba- what he was doing was there was a. It all started because uh, their cornstarch, like you know, which you make syrup, you make yeah everything, dude, everything in this country, starch. yeah. Um, high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, that's exactly what was wrong. He was, there was something going on with like the the molecules or the yeast or something was happening where it wasn't producing <clears throat> cornstarch fast enough, and mm-hmm. they thought that somebody tampered with the mixture, so he became a mole. Okay. Um, basically to cover his ass. So he was like, yeah, somebody's in here and they're <laughs> fucking shit up. And then like, it's not me though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, that was like, that was the beginning of it. But then he also, uh, basically just said that, you know, like he would go into work and be like, yeah, like ADM, um, Nick, the guy who is his boss. He's like, yeah, their price fit. They're, they're trying to fix prices with um <clears throat> this japanese company so you know like so the whole market will you know everybody will make money basically like it'll just be at one level they won't raise their prices for this mm-hmm. and they won't raise their prices for that so we'll all just keep making money and right nobody will lose out so basically uh it was his idea because he was trying to cover his ass for not producing enough high fructose uh corn syrup Creative, and then he went and told the FBI that they were doing this. So, <laughs> uh, he would be like, uh, he would tell his boss, like, "Hey, I need like they're you know Japan is asking me for like five million dollars, and they won't say anything about mm-hmm. us price fixing." And then he would like go back and tell the FBI, like, "Yeah, they're telling me they're that. doing a deal with Japan." Yeah, wow. so he would like, yeah, dude. So he would like wear a wire, like purposefully Ballsy. fuck the wire up, so like they couldn't hear the meeting because what they the weren't fuck? price fixing. Holy shit, man! Yeah, dude, it was. I mean, the the funniest, the, the movie is fucking hilarious, dude. It yeah. is hilarious. And Matt Damon was in the movie. Yeah, about this whole thing. All yeah, right. he dude, is. They're gonna catch up on dude, so much shit. It's funny. I own the movie. Um, because I I like it so I like it so much. It says he's out of prison here as of like 2006. Yeah, he became like a consultant and you yeah. know like you know did the whole like <laughs> book tour and all that shit. Like the guy that Leo played in uh, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, he was like consulting for yep. like check fraud after because yep. he kind of knew the ins and outs of all the. And the same with uh, uh, Jordan, um, uh, fucking Belfort. Belfort, yeah, the Wolf of Wall Street guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what he did when he got out of jail. He immediately was like, hey, this is what we did. You yeah. shouldn't fucking do this. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, Wait, man. so what did that have to do with Enron, though? All right, so the, yeah, it, that was another story. And then the Enron story, Clarence left before it got really bad. He he knew what was going on. Um, and he, like, yeah, he's like, I knew Kenneth Lay and, like, fucking, oh, shit. like, all this shit, man. And he was like... Yeah, so I left, and that's when he went to BTU Contracts. Wow. Because he worked for uh, – after Enron, I think he went to, like, a another company that they used to sell, uh, like, de-icers and fucking antifreeze. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he used to sell peak antifreeze, he said. Okay. Like, he it's was – a huge name brand. For, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. But uh, but he kind of like had a suspicion about these Enron guys. Yeah, he was like, "This makes no sense." Yeah. Um, 
And he's a Clarence was a numbers guy. Like he was great at numbers. So what was their thing? They were like for they were like reporting their earnings, but it was based on future assumptions of what they were going to make or yeah. something like that. And, and they they, were, they they had no way <laughs> to prove to back what they were doing. Yeah. So they just lied for a long time until like you know, they would, like, fire people, rehire people, and then they have the, the fucking burn room where they'd have, like, people shredding all fucking night and shit, like, all Jesus night shred Christ. sections. Just straight up yeah, destruction dude. of evidence. Yeah, dude. Wow. Oh, my God. But, um, so, uh, fast forward to, uh, you know, t- the 2000s, we bought this building from the city. And we were retrofitting it to be... Your family um, did. For yeah. people that are listening, your family was into real estate for yeah. a long time it's in Chicago. And uh, stuff. Real estate and property management yeah. on the south side. And so we bought this building from city of Chicago. Uh, and we retrofitted the building to be um, a LEED certified building. Yeah. So we, Which is like a green initiative, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there are certain steps you need to take. One is in order to have a seal... Uh, you have to get, uh, you have to pass a criteria that's set by the United States Green Building Council, mm-hmm. and so that was my job. I was the liaison between our company and the USGBC, dude. And I had, yeah, so I had to go and like walk our property, measure, you know, how far a stop sign was from the front door because there are certain points that you get. If you have, why would that matter? Like be, the exhaust to the car, or uh, something. Uh, I guess just assess uh, accessibility because oh. I guess certain stop signs or bus stops, like in a certain area, like a certain uh, mile radius from your place, like you just are in a different bracket. Hmm. Um. So I had to, you know, like I would go out and I'd measure. Um, or we had to have, you know, like uh, a certain amount of grass or maybe, um, okay. you know, um, we, we put a green, we installed a green roof on top of the roof, um, which that helps with insulation. It keeps, you know, cold air in and hot air. Where and there's grass and plants on the roof like yeah. growing. Yeah. I think City Hall downtown does that. Yeah. We were one of the first, uh, we were probably one of the first buildings on the south side of chicago to have a green roof that's fucking badass man um Good yeah job we got nothing back from the city we got no kickbacks no tax breaks <laughs> <laughs> they fucked us even from chicago no kickbacks <laughs> we got fucked man <laughs> oh come on and so uh make the long story short um we were turning it was called it was going to be called the chatham executive building mm-hmm. and we were trying to get uh, aldermen in there or, you know, U.S. representatives to have their uh, office in there. Okay. Or, like, a dental office and then, like, storefronts on the on the first floor. And so uh, we were, we were going to furnish the office, and it was just going to come furnished. And guess where we got all of our furniture from? Hmm. Uh, the fucking flash sale at Enron. <laughs> when they liquidated the... The Dude, headquarters. We got fucking desks, desks really? fucking <laughs> chairs, side tables, yeah. end tables, and it was all solid mahogany. Oh, fucking. Of course. Dude, it was the best. Yeah, Heavy man. ass shit. What year would this have been? Oh, my God. Probably t- 2005. Yeah, I'm it guessing. was like five, six. Yeah. In 2005, 
I worked on an airplane out at Aurora Airport, and I had to go through like the maintenance records, and I start flipping through pages, and it's got Enron all over it. Oh, fuck. So this was their airplane. Oh, shit. So whatever, it, it got sold or, you know, nabbed up by the government and mm-hmm. sold. And I forget who even owned it at the time, but, uh, yeah, I remember being on the airplane. I was sitting in one of the seats. I'm like, yeah, they probably hashed out all kinds of fucking schemes here, yeah. you know? Like, God, dude, sipping yeah. on expensive scotch. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. yeah let's fuck them. Fuck we it. We got to project our earnings and <laughs> make some shit up. Are yeah. they shredding? <laughs> they better be shredding tonight. Yeah. And one of the dudes was the brother of Tom Skilling. Right? I, remember that? I the weatherman and Jim. I think his, I remember his brother's Jeff Skilling. He's in prison for Oh, Enron shit, shit, dude. That's why Tom Skilling's so nice. He's like, I got to make up for I, it. Yeah. <laughs> of <laughs> all. Put the... this name back on the map. Tom Skilling is really nice. I've actually met that guy, by the way. He's, yeah, he's a nice he guy. seems painfully nice. I would. Yeah, that's exactly how I would. God, man. Who could ever be mean to that guy? Dude, you can't. You can't. His brother's doing his time, you know. Yeah, he's doing. He's doing his. <laughs> He'll shit. be in there for a while. The neck. I think the Kenneth Lay guy died. Yeah, right he died of he cancer. I think. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Wait. So whatever happened to the building then? This executive building. It was turned over to the bank. Um, because this is 05, So then the financial crisis happened. Yep. You got it right, man. Fuck. And so <clears throat> once that housing bubble and all those bad loans came to fruition, God damn uh, we handed the building back. Uh, complete. It was complete. Um, uh, it was about 90, 95% complete. Um, <sighs> wow. And uh, it's still sitting there, man. Uninhabited. Uninhabited. Just sitting there. Windows. I mean, it's still intact. Where exactly is this? You said Chatham. That's that neighborhood. Where's that? At? Uh, it's um, it's on 79th Street, 79th. and uh, it would be like 79th and Champlain. Um, <laughs> okay. So it's like a block or two west of Cottage Grove on 79th Street. Okay. Um, and uh, like six blocks east of uh, Martin Luther King Drive. So it's in between those two major streets on 79th Street. That was probably going to do wonders for that area with jobs and just like nice office space and Dude, everything. I mean, we, and that's why we were trying to get a U.S. rep in there or right. <clears throat> uh, alderman because it would force the area to pay attention to the violence. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, you know, like, because on that corner of Cottage Grove, 79th Street and Cottage Grove, there's always gang activity. There's two right. liquor stores over there. It's always fucking busy. And there's always, like, rival gangs fighting and shooting each other in that area. And we were thinking, all right, well, you know, um, it would be great if we had a government official here and, mm-hmm. like, more security so that, you know, a lot of this shit would die down. Um, and we were really looking to change that area of the neighborhood, but the alderman wasn't on board. Um, uh, you know, and then the city just doesn't give a fuck, man. Like they don't care if it's not in Lincoln park or Lakeview or the, the prominent areas, like they don't give a fuck, you know, cause that's what people are supposed to do on the South side is supposed to shoot and kill each other. And like, that was it. So uh, it was frustrating, man, because we put a lot of work into that. Like, I I, I remember going to architecture or architect meetings and, and trying to figure out, like, you know, walls and how to fit in a fucking elevator shaft and, like... No shit. It was, so, like, the actual design, you had to be... 
integrated in that mm-hmm. for the lead certification. So mm-hmm. you were involved in the whole construction yeah. of this building. Yeah, yeah. From ground, I mean, wow, man, it's a huge project. Yeah, it was a great project, man. I loved being a That's part so of it. So sad that that did not come to fruition yeah dude that was part of the demise of our company and a lot of the stress that my dad was going through and my mom was going through like during that period man so there was a lot of uh ill will that i have or i had towards uh just construction and housing and the city uh during that time because it added for a lot of stress man yeah and then you remember when we went out uh to dinner for your birthday and i was talking about when i had those bad migraines and that was during that time yeah that i was so stressed out that i thought i had a fucking brain tumor and i had to get you know a ct scan um because of all that stress and shit but yeah man it would have been really nice That's crazy it would have been really nice man the fucking green yeah. roof and a lot all of that people shit. got really fucked in 2008 you know my dad he happened to get laid off from his job right in like the fall of 08 and he had a rental property of course it was like one of those interest only mortgages and everything was great because mm-hmm. property values were going up so he loses his job the housing market crashes and he hasn't paid off any of the loans. so he got pretty well fucked on that too mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, he's doing fine now. He's retired at this point. Yeah. We play golf and stuff every couple of weeks during the summer. Mm-hmm. Talk about football during the winter. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was just a rough time for everybody. Yeah, dude, it was fucking, it was, it was fucking super tough, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's also life and it's a learning experience. And then you right. pay more attention to the shit that you do and then you project you know more and you're like all right well i know if something happens now then i gotta make sure that yada 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 is taken care of but yeah but if we and if we all had a crystal ball we could see the shit coming i mean <laughs> yeah, i bought my place my last place we lived in right in 2009 so the whole thing started to kind of collapse and prices were down i thought i was kind of getting in it hadn't bottomed out yet so yeah. you know i was underwater on that place for a while mm-hmm. it's just you, you know you can't time everything perfectly all the time yeah man you get caught up in this wave of bullshit that you have nothing to do with how it started yeah and then you got people that nobody went to jail for that one yeah no no the whole housing (laughs) i mean we've seen like the big short and like all these yeah other than layman brothers fucking uh fucking collapsing and shit some banks went out of business but they also got a big bailout some of the other ones that survived dude i mean like this shit's crazy to me uh, because the first time – no, yeah, the first time I was in New York, I want to say mm-hmm. – I don't know if it was the first or the fucking second, man. I think it was the first because my cousin was there. We went um, – we landed in New York, and Lehman Brothers had just – collapsed and shut down that day okay and we ate at chaos dude it was fucking weird yeah we we ate at a steakhouse literally across the street on wall street like right uh oh it was off of times square ish okay so it was that building that had lehman brothers at the top and then like the ticker running oh yeah um everyone's seen that before we were eating at a steakhouse that, like, if I walked to the window, like, and I looked up, that's what I saw. Uh-huh. And I wasn't paying attention to any of this shit during that time. But I remember my mom, like, just like, this is crazy. And she was talking to one of, like, our servers. 
and our server was like, yeah, we've had a bunch of guys in here just drinking and crying. Oh, man. And he was like, it's been a weird day. <laughs> I was like, I was yeah. like sitting there. I'm like, I just want to eat this fucking sirloin right now. Um, <laughs> and fucking that was, and I remember, dude, I remember that steak. Like I ate it yesterday. I really? remember fucking, it was amazing. Just it the was, vibe in the room and just like, it was everyone's a, in shock. Yeah, dude. It was just a, a quiet, uh, I'm, it, I'd have never really hung out in New York, but the, yeah. we were at a steakhouse and it was quiet. And I felt that was very weird. Everyone's just so depressed. Yeah. Just eating their last Porter house uh, at oh, this place. Um, but I had like, dude, I had a bomb ass steak. I had, uh, <laughs> I had a sirloin. Uh, the chef was on point. Dude, that he day. was crushing it. <laughs> he fucking, I had like this Parmesan crusted sirloin. Oh yeah. With Fuck this yeah. like, rosemary and truffle uh like wine sauce damn what's um, the name of the steakhouse i don't even remember the name of the steakhouse dude i don't even it's probably not even there anymore you know yeah, the turnover rate of fucking yeah, restaurants right. in new york in the city um but it was fucking amazing man and that's hmm. and that's really why i remember that day is because i remember eating that steak <laughs> and i remember my mom going like yeah they just shut down i was like that's crazy this steak was fucking awesome though <laughs> Wow. Yeah, man. Crazy, wild shit. Yeah, I know some of those guys still went on to do big things. I mean, th like the old CEOs of some of those banks. I know, you know, they're like some of them own baseball teams now. Yep. And, you know, they're still they're still out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, they all landed on their feet just fine. Most when, of them. Yeah, when you're that wealthy and connected, mm -hmm. you can carve out a path for yourself. Somehow. Sure. And they're obviously smart businessmen, and they know what the fuck they're doing. It's just, yeah. you know, nobody really saw that bubble coming. I yeah. Fucking crazy, man. The Big Short, that was a good movie, though. That was. That was Steve Carell was fucking awesome in that. Yeah, dude, he was. Yeah, he was. Um, I like that a lot. And, and, and also uh, Christian Bale, too. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. like that offbeat heavy metal guy, yeah. and he's like the only one that saw what was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was fucking, fucking nuts, crazy, dude. man. They're all based on real people, I guess. I mean, didn't it kind of summarize at the end, like most of those movies do? Like, where are they now? Yeah, he was. He was in. Um, I think he was in Silicon Valley. Okay. Uh, his character, I don't remember his name. Well, the Brad Pitt guy too was kind of like he had left Wall Street and was tired of it, and then he's like, "All right, we'll get back at him one last time." Yeah. I don't know how true that was to life, but. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I I don't know what that ball game's all about, man. I've never sat down at that type of table and had conversation. I wouldn't even know where to begin. You were close though. I mean, getting a building put together in Chicago like that, you know. If only that had kind of gone through first, you know, like Yeah. That was yeah, that 6 months difference in time. You guys mm -hmm. would have been awesome. Yeah, man. It was uh it was a cool project and yeah. and even I mean, even the, having that experience of working in property management for as long as I did, I still couldn't find a position working in property management even to this day. Really? Like they want you to have a bachelor's degree, you gotta have a leasing certificate, like all this hmm. dumb shit, and it's really not that fucking serious, man. No. Just to find people places to live. Like you yeah. have an apartment, you fucking do a background check. Right. You put them in that place and you take care of it. That's yeah, there's it. not. I mean, I'm a landlord with our old place. Jesse and I, we rent out the old condo that we lived in. Mm -hmm. and there, 
that's it. You get their credit report, you get a couple pay stubs, and you kind of decide, like, okay, yeah, they pay their bills on time. Good. Yeah. There's really no other reason you can turn somebody down anyways. Not yeah. that you would. You know, yeah, you man. You want to help somebody out. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a rough it's not rocket science, but it's not hard, man. And and it's something that I enjoy doing too because it's mm-hmm. very easy. It's very easy to All right, so your your faucet's broken. Cool. We can get a new faucet in there. Yeah. All right, cool. Everything else okay? All right. Yeah, you get that call, the pilot lights out, yeah. the toilets loose. Okay. All right. Yeah, Go no problem. You need a new wax ring. Cool. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. our, our tenants have been awesome too. They've been, you know, they pay everything on time. They tell me whenever, as soon as anything's fucked up or broken, and I'm out there. So, yeah, dude, and it's it's great to have good tenants. It takes a lot of stress off of you, especially especially if you're, you know, you don't live down the street from your fucking place. Exactly, it's like 45 minutes from here, so so you don't have to go over there and beat people up and shit when they fucking. <laughs> That's when I'll need you. You got a new job doing collections and shit. Yeah, dude, I'll call them with the serious voice. Um. <laughs> But, uh, dude, some of the shit, like, I loved working in property management, but I saw so much shit. Really? I had my life threatened numerous times. Really? Dude, oh, my just God. Just because they knew you kind of. Um, they just, people don't like knowing that they owe money. And right. a lot of the times, like, uh, a lot of the times, depending depending on the building in the area, you knew um you know, like Monday morning or Sunday, we would get a call from a tenant like, oh, someone kicked down the door, mm-hmm. like the entrance to the building. And then you 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 get another call like, oh, I had to call the police because somebody was fighting in this unit. So you knew that the people that had the, the fight in their unit probably kicked the door in. Right. And you'd like, oh, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a fucking investigator right now. And like you'd be like, all right, cool. So all right, you didn't kick the door in. So you mean somebody else was angry in the building. Yeah. Uh you it guys wasn't were... your fist fight that caused the damage. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So <laughs> just we a coincidence. We had a lot of that. Like uh yeah. we had a guy one time break into someone's apartment on the third floor. Okay. Um which he was in another building and then put a plank from that building to this <laughs> he other scaled building. the gangway with Dude, a plank and he broke in and this lady was in there oh, sleeping because no. she worked at she worked nights and she slept during the day and she was in there sleeping and the dude got scared and then jumped out of the window <laughs> fucking fell to, he survived but he was yeah. fucked up oh, good <laughs> fuck that guy yeah, honestly oh my god get, man uh that um, probably the worst day, um, I was at work, um, a kid had passed away in one of our units, um, at, in an apartment where the lady who lived there was evicted like four days before okay. because she hadn't paid her rent in like eight months. Yeah. And so she was evicted. She broke back in her place and slept in there with her kids. One of her daughters wasn't, uh, she had diabetes that was untreated and undiagnosed, Man. fell into a diabetic coma in her sleep, and then fucking passed away. But they're squatting in this unit yeah. at the time. Dude, the it was the worst day that... That's rough. Oh, man. Because we used to have cameras in some of the buildings, and my, my dad used to just sit in his office and had a 
they had a monitor with all the fucking buildings and yeah. cameras and shit. And one day he was looking at one of the buildings. He was like, there's nine cop cars out front. He's like, Darius, go over there and see what's up. So I leave Home Depot and I drive over there and I see some sheriffs and I see uh, city police. And I walk around the back and I see um, like just chaos, man. People, it was a 28 unit building. So Damn. we had people on different balconies that were like looking at this one unit where sure. the mom was just screaming to the top of her lungs and uh, fucking flipping out. And how old was the girl? Like, she was like two. Oh, and like oh my oh, god. Yeah, that dude. Sucks. So I I walk up and I walk up to one of the cops and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? I'm I'm the landlord. He's like, Yeah, a kid died upstairs. I was like, What? And so I talked to like a, a one of the tenants and they explained what happened. But the mom was just like, hysterical. dude, she was standing like oh, she was man. fucking screaming. So I call back to the office and I tell him what's going on. You almost just want to let her live there for a while. longer. Ooh, it's like, dude, I was man. Fuck. I was I was like and this was like the first thing that I had done that day. It was maybe like nine or ten in the morning. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm fucking done, man. I was like, this is too much. That's crazy. Um, I think I left early that day, but. um. I told my mom, my mom came over and my mom was the person who went to court to evict this lady. Mm -hmm. This lady just fucking screaming and yelling and threatening my mom. And she wanted to fucking kill my mom. And like, right. I'm staying. I'm like, all right, now you're threatening my mom. And like, I understand what's going on. But like, that's that's crossing the line. Yeah, man. And it's not her fault, you know. It's right. not my mom's fault at all. Of course not. And nobody wants your child to pass away because you didn't pay your fucking rent. That's well, and crazy. one kind of has, I don't. I was going to say one has nothing to do with the other, but obviously yeah. they're, you know, if you're unemployed and broke, you don't have the health care or the rent money. So it's kind of related, but it's not Ooh, at yeah, the same man. time. Yeah. And it's um, sad is what it is. Yeah, it was. And it just hit me. And I was like, I don't, I can't do this, man. I'm. Um, you got a 28-unit building. That's one building. Oh, yeah. So you've got hundreds of tenants oh, scattered around. Dude, stories galore. All There's always something going on. on you know, um, we had one lady who was a uh, uh, paranoid schizophrenic, mm-hmm. and she fucking barricaded herself in her unit with her child, oh, and wow. like. Uh, wouldn't answer the door and then you know we started to freak out because her family would call us and Mm -hmm. to do like a wellness check and she changed the lock so i couldn't get in and then one day um, well at what point can you tell them like no you got to call the police to do a wellness check well how is it you know what i'm saying yeah why would they call you you got to take into consideration too not a lot of black folks want to call the cops you know like and especially in you know in the hood, nobody wants a, a you know cop come knocking on Forgive your door. Forgive my trying. naivete. No, it's it's all good, dude. <laughs> and then also, um, like, just call the police; they'll help you. And a lot of the times, cops oh, don't give a fuck, and they won't right. show up. And then you know, yeah, like, I've heard that. You know, or they'll show up five hours later, and you're just like sitting there waiting for cops yeah. to maybe show up. Thanks so. for the wellness check. Yeah, you know, um, so we ended up getting in there, and she had taken her peephole out of the door, and right. then she put, like, like napkins Stuffed and shit. shit in there, yeah. 
um, which was just fucking wild, man. Um, but it turned out that she, I think the child's uh, father picked him up and then um, she like went nuts and literally and she ended up in like D.C., like mm-hmm. just took a bus to DC, like with nothing. Just disappeared and ended up there somehow, dude. Yeah, because okay. she didn't take her medicine. Oh man! And so yeah, like her family found her. I guess somehow they contacted us, mm-hmm. and we were doing this whole like you know missing per- persons thing. Shit! And they but found you knew her. the kid was safe. At yeah, the time. kid was safe. Yeah. Um, but like her family was looking for her, and then they found her in DC, and then they like had to go get her. And she had to get back on her medicine and shit. Uh, there was another mm. lady one time. Uh, this lady tried to fucking. <laughs> she was also uh, schizophrenic. I think she was bipolar. Um, and where our home base, where our office was, we had 28 units in that building. Fuck. And it was a converted. It used to be a hotel like back in the fucking early 20s okay and i found this out well i knew it used to be an old uh, a hotel but i looked at like one of the old phone boxes and where the all the phone lines run through it was like a like a circuit box mm-hmm. and you could see stickers and like uh lead pencils from like inspectors for the electrical company that like marked off the date and like they were fucking the 20s 1920s yeah g smith fucking 1920 holy shit fucking f thompson fucking 1935 this is like all original wiring and everything yeah old school okay so what this lady did she lived in the building and she what she did was she started cutting those wires oh shit these were still active phone lines yeah okay you know landlines and shit Hmm. and so she started cutting these wires and then People started calling like, you know, AT&T like every two days. So I started seeing this AT&T truck at my building like for a whole week. I'm like, what's going on, man? What are you guys doing? Installing new lines or some shit? Right. And uh, they were like, no, maintenance call. And like, you know, someone's phone isn't working. And I was like, what the fuck? So we found out that one of the tenants found her like cutting the wires. Mm -hmm. And then she started cutting all the... Uh, the wires for cable TV throughout the building. Because she was like was, paranoid or something. Yeah, or? dude. Okay. She said, Oh my gosh. She said that the wires were hurting her brain and her heart. So she had hmm. to cut yeah. them naturally. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> Oh shit. Wow. Um, but she, since the building was a landmark type of building, like an old, old building, uh, they didn't drill through the facade when they were installing uh, cable lines. Mm hmm. So what they do in like old buildings is they, you know, they drill through like a hole from, you know, the line outside and then they, they encase the wires in like a a plastic or PVC type, like it looks like a little square box, but they usually Mm -hmm. have it the same color as the paint or the whatever theme you got. So it kind of blends in. Right. But it runs like in the corner of your fucking you know, ceiling and shit. So it's not, Oh sure. Yeah. I've seen yeah. that before. You know, so you, you yeah, see yeah. it, but it's not like standing out and shit. Right. Uh, so she like opened up one of the casings and start cutting that. And then people's fucking shit, you know, and then like, right. So <clears throat> we found out that she was doing this, told her daughter, her daughter's like, yeah, she's not under her medicine. And, mm. uh, I went 
upstairs because somebody was like, hey, she's here right now. You might want to come upstairs. So I, like, walk upstairs with Clarence. Uh-huh. And we're in the building walking around, and she's walking around the hallway with a drywall saw. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to fucking fuck you up. So she starts yelling at Clarence. With and a my, jagged drywall saw. Clarence is like, okay. Like, he just <laughs> thought it was fucking funny, too. Ex-Nebraska Cornhusker yeah, football dude, player. Yeah, come at me, yeah, okay. dog. I'll knock you over with one yeah. fucking stiff arm, Try lady. Um, so she started threatening him, and she ended up running out of the building. So my mom called the cops, and then she threatened my mom, like, because we had a huge picture glass window that was in our storefront, which was our office. She was just standing out front and like fucking threatening my mom's like, I'm gonna fuck you up, bitch. I'm gonna fuck you up, bitch. And my mom's like, okay. Yeah, right. Like, and so she was like threatening us. We called the cops or she called the cops. Mm-hmm. Maybe like five minutes later, one of the sergeants from the precinct that was near us pulls up on the sidewalk across the street and was just watching her <laughs> act crazy. Really? And then he rolled up with his partner and he was like, hey, bitch, put that fucking shit down. You ain't no carpenter. That's what he said. I was fucking dying, dude. Oh, my God. I was fucking dying. He, he said, you ain't no fucking carpenter. Put that down. And I was fucking dying. But how oh did he God. know she's not a carpenter? Yeah, oh, man. Because she was wearing like a muumuu. <laughs> Oh Holy my shit. god, dude! It was fucking. You should write a book, man. Oh my god, dude! It take forever. Landlording on the South Side of Chicago, oh. 101. And the, I mean, relatives have told us that like plenty of times, man. We, I've seen some shit. Like I've seen my dad kick a door down once with a fucking like a three piece suit on, because <laughs> like we got called. Uh, <laughs> we're out at dinner, dude. We're at the, we're downtown at the signature room. Yeah, top of the John Hancock building. Yep. Having dinner, like having a good old like Friday a night. Nice dinner. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. We get a call from one of our tenants that like somebody broke into the basement. So my dad is like, he's fucking like probably like three Tangeray gins <laughs> in, and he's like, let's down fucking go, Lisa. Yeah, <laughs> let's go, Lisa. And we fucking drive down to the south side. My dad's got his trench coat on fucking suit because he was fresh out of a meeting or some shit yeah and he like we went around in the back and we heard these guys like in the basement and they were like yelling at each other and shit and they were fucking playing dice they were shooting dice okay and so my dad was like who's in there and one of these guys like mind your fucking business (laughs) and he's like what and he goes mind your fucking business and my dad's like, all right. And he starts kicking his own Since door Since I down. own the building, yeah, I'll mind my fucking yeah. business. <laughs> he, and he starts kicking the door down, and he yells at my mom. He's like, Lisa, go get my gun. He didn't even have a gun. Yeah, dude. that's all you got to say, though. <laughs> and so this guy, you the hear him inside. Stop. He's like, all right, man, all right, all right, hold up, hold up. He's like, get the fuck out of my building. He's like, I own this building. He's like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. And he's like, get the fuck out. And these guys like, all right, man, my bad, bro, my bad. And he fucking leaves and shit. Dude, and Clarence then, is a fucking badass, yeah, dude. dude he was, From the signature room right to the fucking yeah, dice game. For real, <laughs> dude. Kicking indoors. He's just, he just universal, took, dude. That dude's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, man. It was, I've, man, I've seen that dude almost beat up a couple people in my life, man. It yeah. was, he was not one to fuck with, dude. It was. Well, I'm glad I didn't piss him off too bad when we were growing up because, man, he was always so chill, like, when yeah. I would be over at your house and stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, he was at home, man. Like, it goes back to what we were saying 
earlier about like he had worked his ass off all his life yeah. to have that home to be able to like you know have a big TV and watch his movies freely and buy a DVD player and like you know yeah. rent movies from Blockbuster when they did that shit. Chemical um, engineer, property owner, landlord, dude. Yeah, man. And he got into property ownership through my mom. So when my mom, before oh, my mom right? met Clarence, yeah. Before my mom met Clarence, uh, she worked in the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. She actually used to work for this company called Hart Schaefer and Marks. And oh, they yeah, make, I've heard of that company. Yeah, they make fucking suits. Right. Um, and they, Hart Schaefer and Marks shut down, and then they just became Hart Marks, and then they laid her off. And, um, she, but before that, she, when, before we moved out to the Burbs, before my mom even knew Clarence, my mom owned the building that we lived in. That's right. Yeah. I remember that now. I um, was at that. You brought me there. Yeah. For some reason. On, you were like, yeah, with your parents. Phillips, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grew up in that building and my mom got her uh, real estate license at the age of like, I don't know, like 28 or some shit and fucking bought the building that we lived in and then still worked and mm-hmm. and and then you know she met Clarence years after that and then how'd he, she meet Clarence uh pretty crazy man um well we used to go to the soulful restaurant um in Bronzeville by the name of Gladys's mm-hmm. and uh it was you know it was a staple back in the day like if you're it, when it was open um you know, every Saturday, it'd be fucking packed. Every Sunday after church, it'd be fucking packed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went there to get breakfast with her friend, um, Alita, and Alita's daughter, um, Aisha. Mm-hmm. And it was just us four. And we were waiting for a table because, um, you know, like obviously, you know, place is busy. Usually yeah. be all five, 10, 15 minute wait, whatever. So we're waiting for a table and we're in the dining room, kind of just shooting the shit, you know, talking because this was before cell phones. So no one was just staring at their phones. (laughs) People talk. Yeah. Yeah. To talk to each other and kind of, you know, uh, look around and shit. So waiting for a table and this huge dude kept staring at my mom. And I was like, I don't know who this fucking dude is, but at the age of, six or whatever I was. I was like, I'm going to fuck him up if he keeps looking at my mom. Right. Um, but he kept looking at my mom and he's like looking at his watch and he's looking at my mom. And eventually he came over to my mom and he introduced himself and, uh, he's like, Hey, you know, how you doing? My name's Clarence. And I just wanted to give you my business card. And they talked a little bit and he was like, well, I'm going to Japan um, but I'll be back in a month. And when I get back, would you like to go on a date? And she was like, Oh, well, I'll think about it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom was like, this motherfucker ain't going to Japan. Like, <laughs> black people say shit all the time. And impress yeah, people. I'm just going to go to Japan. Yeah, girl, I'm going to Japan. Like I'm at this soul food restaurant right now, but like, I'm going to Japan for a month. Was he wearing the three piece suit that day? No, he was, I think he was wearing like a, like a t-shirt. In a hat, maybe he was, you know, like loungy Casual, gear, whatever. Probably some Zuba pants, because uh, he used to have a bunch of fucking pairs of those. Uh-huh. Uh, but he fucking <laughs> he introduced himself to my mom. They, you know, uh, traded information, and um, 
the reason why he spoke to my mom is because his girlfriend at the time was late. And I guess he was oh. just like done with her shit. Fuck it. There's a beautiful woman yeah, right dude, there. Fuck this I'm shit. I'm going for it. Exactly, dude. And um and that's how they met, man. Wow. And then like um they started hanging out and um he, you know, used to come over to the building. My mom would make dinner for him and shit. It was like yeah. when my mom was like trying to impress, like she would fucking, you know, you know, fucking crab legs sometimes. Right. I was like, Why are we eating all this nice shit? Yeah, you know. Um, First time I ever had crab legs, by the way, was at your house. Not in the south side, but when you moved out to the suburbs. Yeah, man. I still remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, she's still making them. Really? Yeah, dude. Every, uh, pretty much every New Year's Eve, we eat crab legs. Nice. King crab legs. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> and then for my birthday, sometimes she'll make me gumbo and shit. Nice. Um, but yeah, they met and then um, they dated for a couple of years. And then um, my mom kind of lived in the city, but lived at Clarence's place in Northbrook. Hmm. Um, and then like I would go out there on the weekend sometimes and shit mm-hmm. um, for my grandfather's house. And then um, they got serious. And then, you know, we went and viewed the house in Mundelein. Mm hmm. Uh, before we moved out, I remember that day. I remember like rolling up in the middle of nowhere and like fucking. They didn't nice even have grass. House. Yeah, they yeah. didn't even. The grass wasn't even grown. Oh, it was just built. Yeah, I see. The people that that owned that house before us didn't have kids, and that was like their dream house, and they built it, and they couldn't even fucking live in it. Really? And then a black couple comes and so fucking it becomes buys available. It. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and they were damn, just like, God on damn on. it, we're fine. You'll buy it. Damn. So that was a nice house. Yeah, man. Um, so that you were six when she met Clarence, and then I met you when we were like 10 or ten, 11 yeah. or something like that, yeah. however old you are in fifth grade. Yeah, man. So, man, shit. Yeah, dude. That was Crazy uh, how things fucking transpire. Wild. Yeah, dude. It was fucking wild, man. And we were both new to that school in fifth grade, <clears throat> so we were both friendless, and I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> You're new. <laughs> we're both new. What's up? Yeah, dude. That's That, that wow. period of my life... Uh, you know, and it's it's almost to the point to where I don't remember that much before I moved out hmm. to Mundelein. Um, You know, I was in fourth and third grade. I remember a couple friends I had here and there. Where'd you go um, to grade school before Fremont, which is the suburb school? I went to a school in Pullman. Um, I went to two schools uh, the, uh, from kindergarten to, I want to say, second grade i was at um edward coles which is off of jeffrey in south shore uh neighborhood and mm-hmm. um on the south side and then i went to uh wendell smith um hmm. which uh is down the street from my grandfather's house on 105th or 103rd and uh cottage mm-hmm and uh, I was there for a couple of years, and then, um, uh, I'm, you know, fifth grade, I was in, uh, out in, in Wonderline, man, and that was fucking wild, you know. That just, had to be fucking culture shock. I mean. Oh, it was totally, man. It was, uh, I didn't understand why everybody loved B96 so much. I was like, <laughs> 107.5 is that shit. I don't know what you all's B96. problem is. Why are we listening? Is that to... still the same thing? B ninety six. They probably do play that party bash. Whatever. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Everything that's on um, those now CDs now. Yeah, forty eight. <laughs> fucking La Boucher <laughs> and fucking um, 
Ace of Base. <laughs> Ace of Base. For real, man. Uh, I remember that. Another night, another dream. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking jam. It's the worst music ever. Oh my god, dude, the worst. Yeah, I got man. into like Q101 when I was like 10, 11. Mm-hmm. And I listened to all the like grunge shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but, uh, I was... do remember all that B96 stuff too. Yeah, awful. dude. All that shit, man. <laughs> Definitely not what you were listening to. <laughs> Fuck, man. It was, dude, it was, I, I literally I'm remember. Like, hey, do you like Nirvana? You're like, what? Yeah, I mean, fifth grade was my introduction. Really, my introduction into rock was, um, so Clarence used to get um, boxes of CDs and VHS tapes from his ex-girlfriend who he, like, basically dumped for my mom. Mm-hmm. And she would send him shit from, like, Universal Studios and MCA. And, like, we would get, like, boxes of fucking movies, dude. Hmm. Um, like, there were screeners. How'd she get those? I have no idea. <laughs> Just I have them. no idea. And, like, right. when and they were, like, brand fucking new movies, dude. Like, you know, really? like, shit that uh, like were... Like, not at family video yet, basically. No. Um, and there were screeners, so, you know, you'd be watching the movies, and then it would pop up, like, property of MCA, you know, at the bottom of the screen, and then it would fade yeah. away. Um, but, like, that's how I saw people on the stairs. <laughs> uh, dude, all those movies, movie. dude. Uh, that one Martin Short movie where he gets stung by a bee, and he's in, like, a helicopter. or a, oh, in yeah. A, like a, what was that called? Uh, yeah, I had fucking forgotten. Fucking... Like, twins, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, right. Um. But she used to give him, like, music, too. So hmm. it was – that was the first time I had, like, heard a Bob Marley album from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my – it was because of her I got to listen to Jimi Hendrix. And uh, that's how it started, like. Okay. Jimi Hendrix, Are You Experienced, the whole album, CD. Hell I was yeah. fucking obsessed over that shit. And – um that was my intro to rock and then you know like pearl jam and grunge and silver chair and fucking yeah nirvana well like you picked almost. up the bass somewhere in middle school i remember yeah eighth grade man eighth grade yeah started playing playing we bush in... songs at the school dance yeah, if i dude. remember correctly yeah dude we were we were milk that was our band. milk that's yeah. right <laughs> we were fucking milk. dave stepping shout out to dave yeah on drums anthony yep. uh jameson uh, yep that ginger fuck on yeah, guitar or whatever. Oh man! And you on bass. Yep. And then um, and Scott Taggart on oh, yeah. fucking Scott Taggart on the guitar. I remember him too. Yeah, I ran away to his house <laughs> when I really? was like, yeah, dude. When I was in like sixth grade or seventh grade, I ran away to his house because my my parents used to travel a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and I think at this time they were in like Austria. Yeah, dude, yeah, they were in like they went there. to Austria and then they went to Monaco. Damn. Yeah. That's a nice trip. Um and uh they left me with this lady who was supposed to like take care of me and shit, but she was bulimic. Hmm. Yeah, dude, she would like Where'd she come from? Family was, friend or something? Yeah, family a, f- a friend of a family friends. Okay. Um but she like I don't remember how old I was, but you know, 6th or 7th grade, but she would come in from whatever she was doing and like raid our fridge, and then she would go puke it up in the what bathroom. The fuck? 
And I was like, what's ha- what is this? What's going on? Yeah, this is new. Yeah, so I like told my mom, I was like, every time she eats, she goes in the bathroom and she throws up. Wow. I'm like, it's weird. Um, so uh, she left me with that lady, but she, the, that lady would like leave me from for hours because she would go take care of her like grandkids. Mm-hmm. So like I'll be at home, you know, like one day I was just like, I'm fucking sick of this shit, man. So I left going to Scott's house. Yeah, I'm going to Scott Taggart's <laughs> house. To, I'm going to Hawthorne Woods. I'm running away. Wow. Um, so I like called Sophie and like uh, Liz and like uh-huh. fucking Scott Taggart and like rode my bike up to Hawthorne Woods. Fucking went to a bunch of garage sales. <laughs> and, and, and bought like some knee pads for my rollerblades for like five bucks. <laughs> like, all the shit to do. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna when you're running myself. from your bulimic babysitter, <laughs> and buy some knee pads. Oh man, she's wow. gonna need these for the next time she goes to the bathroom <laughs> yeah, when she's blowing chunks. Oh my god. So yeah, I did that, oh. and then I went over to Scott Taggart's house, and I like admitted to Scott Taggart's parents that I had ran away that day because my my. Uh, a babysitter was just weird um yeah. and then they called like uh mckenry or lake zurich cops and then lake or hawthorne Wood, woods cops and then hawthorne woods cops dropped me off in mundelein the hawthorne woods cop yeah yeah <laughs> and they took me back home and then like my parents were back at that time and they were like what are you doing what's going on i was like she's throwing up whenever she eats food <laughs> it's freaking me out i'm fucking freaked out and she left me home all day for two days like wow. what the fuck i bet clarence told her to fuck right off my mom dude mom. they both did they yeah. i mean they were upset that i was like i was but i was like smart well, enough to not stay out like late you know right. like i think i got home around like seven and that's I not even really running away that's yeah. just getting out of there yeah, I was like, I can take care of myself, you dude. Know? You know who I remember was your babysitter, Mama Dorothy. Oh my God, man, <laughs> that's fucking. That's a that's ingrained in my memory. Yeah, man. Yep, dude. Yeah, she, she was, was staying like, at the house before she passed away. Like I think a couple years before she passed away, she stayed with us because mm-hmm. she lived in the city, and her husband Archie at the time was just like a fucking asshole. Okay. And uh, my mom was like, fuck that. She's like, you're yeah, staying with me. No I'll more. take care of you. Yeah, but she used to get on my, she used to get on my nerves and I used to get on her nerves. And <laughs> I remember uh, her being hilarious. Yeah, I don't she, know why. She just was she, like. Super nice, man. Yeah. And Mama Dorothy's dad, actually. Mama Dorothy's dad was, uh, he was Irish and Cherokee Indian. Oh, and, shit. Yeah, straight up. Which would make you what? Like, uh, yeah. Blood wise. Fucking some... mud. A uh, mutt. Um, but some percentage yeah then. okay and then um and then you know you're at my 30th birthday party i mm-hmm. had some of my cousins from evansville indiana that were like fucking straight up his nephews okay or like you know great nephews they fucking came so they were I like i kind of remember meeting them. white as shit fucking hanging out and they were like yeah we're fucking cousins i was like this is fucking cool man I remember that because I was confused. Yeah. Like, why are these, <laughs> You're like, these are my nice cousins? Ass. I'm like, I don't know anything about you, Darius. <laughs> yeah. I've known you 30 years, but I <laughs> keep fucking... learning shit. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, man. That's um, awesome. But they, we got in touch with them like after a while because his family wouldn't talk to him for years because he married a black lady and had 13 kids. 
Hey, good Life. for them, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, they really stuck it to them. So. That's really the answer, I think, to all race relations. Black and white people just got to fuck more. Yeah. Make babies. I'm trying, man. <laughs> fiance is white as That's fuck. Right. Your fiance is awesome, by the way, yeah. man. She's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, she's super nice. Week. It's so ridiculous how much, like, we're completely different people, dude. Yeah. She's so much not like me, and I'm so much not like her, but, like, but that's how you know it's going to last because yeah. Jesse and I are kind of opposites, but I need that. Yeah. She balances me out and same, vice versa. So. Yeah, dude. Kelly definitely does the same, man. Like you're stronger together, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, we're a good team for yeah. sure. We're a good team. I'll take, you know, take care of her and, and look out for her. And mm-hmm. She does the, the, the responsible things that <laughs> I don't do. Uh, yeah, exactly. Straight up. You need her as much as she needs you. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, man, it, it yeah. it's good. I'm lucky. We're both lucky. Shit. We are. We're both very lucky. Well, well, hey, man, we've been going for like an hour and forty already, if you can believe it. Yep, I can believe it. <laughs> Why don't we stop this and just drink more? All right, cool. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Peace.